Welcome to Profiles in Business. My name is Kyle Marshall. Rob Lacey has had a bunch of different jobs in his career, but right now he's an electrician. An electrician who is great at diagnosing and figuring out your issue in a timely manner. But it wasn't an easy road to get to where he is today. When I recently got onto a Zoom call with him, the first thing I asked was how he got to owning his own business in the first place. I think like like a lot of people do these days, I don't think I sat down and saved up a ton of money and decided which path I wanted to go down. I actually just had my last paycheck and a layoff slip and I said, okay, well, I can do this better than that clown anyway. <laughs> what, what were you doing at that time when you got that slip? Uh, still doing electrical work, but it was uh, in the winter, which is usually the hardest time to find a job in construction. Um, right. Actually, it was just coming out of Christmas, so it was really the worst time of the year. Yeah, I just I started uh, putting an ad on Kijiji and uh, responding as quickly as possible, and that snowballed into a bit of a business. Well, why don't you break that down a little bit? What is Jewel Electric, and like, what is your specialty? So nowadays, after six years of business, we specialize in both residential and commercial uh, service repairs and maintenance. Um, we don't really go looking for too much construction stuff, although we do take it when it comes, but we don't you know, advertise for it. But back when I started out, yeah, I would take anything I got my hands on. So I did a pizza shop at one time. I've done a couple of custom houses, some cookie cutter row houses. And uh, I just chose to uh, to follow uh, troubleshooting as as my uh, passion and where I thought that I really uh, sparkled in, in electrical. What do you would you say is your that one thing that puts you above your competition? Oh my! What is that unique sales proposition? Thank you. Yes, your unique sales proposition. <laughs> um, that I and my uh, other foreman that works for me uh, are both very good troubleshooters. And mm. our uh, claim to fame is basically we charge a minimum of two hours, but we typically have the job fixed within 45 minutes. Do you find that in your line of work, you might have troubleshooted it that quickly, but you have to, I guess, going to pull your client along with you? Like if you solve it too quickly, it's almost a bad thing? Or is it like, I need this done as quickly as possible? You do get the odd client that gets upset about the fact that they're paying a two hour minimum and you were only in their house for 30 or 40 minutes. Mm. Um, but quite simply put, you know, it's that old thing that you see on Facebook all the time. Uh, well, no, you're, you're paying for my ability to do it that fast. Surely you could have got a guy for 40 bucks an hour off Kijiji to deal with it, but he probably would have been in your house all day and cut a bunch of holes. Uh, well, going back in time here then, uh, where were you born? I was born in Calgary, one of the few. One of the few, yeah. Do you feel that there is something about growing up in Calgary that's informed uh, you owning your own business? Two years ago, I would have said yes. But uh, in that time, I've kind of figured out that um, with nobody really being from Calgary all that much, and especially uh, now uh, with people moving around so quickly and so easily and their jobs dragging them around. No, I don't think that there's really any advantage to having been born in Calgary. Like in, I left for a number of years and I came back. I've been back about seven years. And I think I've bumped into one of my high school alumni. And, you know, typically a Calgary high school has like 700 people at any given time meaning that I probably met close to 1,500 people at that time. Well, by the way, I didn't meet everybody, but right. probably, you know, met a thousand people at any given time back in 2000. And to run into only one of them is kind of a surprise, especially since we do a lot of work in the same area that we grew up in. Can you recall the first thing you ever became obsessed with in your life? Yeah, the first thing I became obsessed with, believe it or not, by my, my big belly was uh, mountain biking back in grade four. Um, I was one of those kids who was like, whatever grade four is, nine or 10 years old. 
and both parents were working and things like Christmas holidays or Easter holidays would come up and I didn't really want to sit in the house alone all day long. And so I just kind of got on my bike because I was lonely and started wandering around. And not only did I figure out the neighborhood, but I also uh, would just spend, I don't know, I can't remember now, but three, four, six hours a day just riding my bike. Were you also getting into like watching mountain biking? Because I think, I guess I don't know exactly your age, but I mean, I recall there's a certain time where it seemed like the X games and like that kind of stuff is getting like super, super popular. Um, was that something that you liked or it was just, it was just you out there by yourself is what drew you to it. I never really did the, uh, the, the watching, um, biking on TV thing, but I did for a while, uh, subscribe to some magazines and learn about parts and brands and, mm. you know, get blown away by how expensive they were and that I would never get to play <laughs> with them. On your way to like owning Jewel Electric, like, was there other jobs and stuff that you had? Like, how did you get to be where you are now? I guess is really what I'm asking. Oh, okay. Well, in that respect, I've done a little bit of everything, uh, mostly trade work, whether it was cleaning up job sites or drywall or helping friends do whatever. I worked li- retail at Liquidation World and I did food service at Tim Hortons, like every you know good young Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked in a couple other smaller cafes and did some catering for one of them. I've even done orchard and vineyard management. I'm, I'm guessing that was not in Calgary. No, no, that was out in the Okanagan in my 20s. Around the same time, I also was a traveling musician for a few years. And then I did recording musician for a few years. And uh, we even owned a recording studio in the basement of one of the places we rented, which we were pretty darn busy with. I've been a rentals manager. Uh, I've been a vagrant. (laughs) (laughs) So all, all the different jobs is really what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, now I'm doing electrical, which is, I guess, not really a surprise now that I've done it. But at the time that I started was kind of like, why would I do that? (laughs) (laughs) Once you were done with like posting those notices and stuff on Kijiji, like this was something that you knew you wanted to, you wanted to get into like that entrepreneur life. I'm always a little bit curious of like, how did you come up with the name that you have for your company? It's one of those names that actually has four different meanings. So my wife is Julieta. My son is Julian. A jewel is a measure of a unit of energy, and um, we do do our best to try and deliver a product polished like a jewel. Oh, I love that. So yeah, there's a a bunch of different meanings put into there. That's cool. My dad the other day asked me, well, you called your company Jewel, but you have a picture of a diamond in your logo. And I was like, no, it's a jewel. And he's like, no, it's a diamond. And I said, dad, what's the definition of a jewel? He's like, oh, well, it's a semi-precious stone that's been cut and polished perfectly ready for jewelry. I'm like, now look at my logo. (laughs) (laughs) Because you have employees, I think that there's one thing to um, motivate yourself to to do a good job. But how do you motivate other people to do a good job? Yeah, in business, we... um, We often need to ask our employees to do stuff that we already know that they don't want to do. I don't really believe in offering further incentives above their wage and their bonus structures because, I mean, not only human nature will want them to want more next time, but, you know, at one point you simply can't afford to. But I I do encourage them with uh, team talks like, um, hey, I know I got the right guy on the job. Nobody else can do this as well as you can do it. You know, I can get someone else to do it, but you do it great. If I have extra time, I typically try to stay on the job with them and help them out a little bit, reminding them that, um, you know, I've been there too. I'm willing to do it. I won't ask them to do anything that I myself will not do. Um, At the end of the day, I try to just create that culture that we are a team. And although I'm not always in the trenches with them, I have been. And now my job is to find work for them and to get them paid. And I can't do my job if they can't or won't do theirs. I think that is such an important point that you brought up and is has always been my experience when i've had you know bosses and people uh, over me 
people who won't ask you to do things that they themselves wouldn't do. I think it's, I don't know, it's, for me, it's just a subtle thing that makes me respect people because it's like, hey, you're not just throwing me at grunt work. It's like, if you're asking me to do this, I know you would have no problem doing this too and have actually helped me do this uh, in the past. So I think that there is power within, within that philosophy. Well, yeah, especially with um, electricians tend to be a very proud bunch. And so you'll get guys who will say things like, I ain't going in no attic. I'm a journeyman now. And mm-hmm. my attitude was always like, well, hold on a second. If you're dealing with a first year apprentice who doesn't have very much experience, how are you so confident that he's going to do the job properly up in the attic? Like maybe you need to be up there because that's the that's the difficult part. Let's say that there was somebody graduating high school, maybe university or a trade school of some kind. And they're like, you know, what? I think I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to have my own business. Is there advice that you would give to that person? Yeah. Um, be prepared for it to be hard. Um, your spouse won't understand. <laughs> your kids and family will probably pity you and everybody being, you know, your debt collectors and your employees and stuff. They all want your money thinking that you're rich when, you know, you're, you're just struggling to make the next dime. Find a nice way to sorry I, to say, uh, sorry, I can't help you today. Ask me tomorrow. Being everything to everyone leads to disaster. You just have to learn to say no. That was probably the hardest lesson for me, and it probably took me three or four whole years. So many nights working until 8, 9, 10, 12 at night, making my wife angry, making my kids wonder who I am. Here we are six years later. Everything looks like it's cake and balloons, but it was a lot of long hours, a lot of tears. Yeah, no, there's the, there's that hidden factor that's wrapped up in you know supposed success. So, no, I get that. Yeah. And I think we also have a really bastardized idea of what success means in our culture. I myself personally blame modern media and uh, shows like uh, Big Brother and and any of that reality TV stuff uh, about Trump one, whatever it was called, you're fired. Because people start out a business or any kind of venture. And as soon as they hit the rocks a little bit, they decide that everything's doom and gloom and it's over. And if I haven't made my first million within a half year, there's something seriously wrong. And, And quite simply put, that's nonsense. I think the real measure of success is where are you now? Have you been doing it for three or four years? Do you consider yourself a professional in what you do? Can you, you know, take the reins and just handle any problem that comes your way in your field? If so, I mean, that's the measure of a professional. We all agree, right? Right. So why does success have to look like a million dollars and a half a year? Why can't success look like, hey, you've designed a business that takes care of your family and it's sustainable? Yeah, no. I think that's really well put. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me here today, Rob. If people wanted to see more about you, your company, what are some easy ways to do so online? If they're friended with me or with Jewel Electric on Facebook, um, they'll see that uh, we do have uh, two friendly, engaging posts go out every single day. We do have a website that's currently being rebuilt, but it does uh, exist at uh, jewelelectricltd.ca. Along with the Facebook, the same posts, I think, are shared over at Instagram. And, you know, anytime they want, their listeners are also free to reach out uh, to me personally and go for a coffee and a chat. Perfect. Thanks, Rob. Thank you for listening. All the links to follow up with Rob are in the show notes. Until we speak again, have a great day. Uh